Welcome to Beyond the Horizon podcast, a show all about the Horizon ecosystem and the exciting world of blockchain and Web3. Join us as we explore the latest happenings in this rapidly evolving space and discover new horizons together. Now let's go Beyond the Horizon. Hey everyone, welcome back to Beyond the Horizon. Today, in episode two, we'll be discussing ZenIP or Zen Improvement Proposal number 42204, the removal of shielded pools from the Horizon main chain. We'll be welcoming on our special guests, Rob Viglioni, our co-founder, as well as co-founder of Horizon Labs, and Jordan Palinoff, VP of Strategy and Revenue at Horizon Labs. Before we get into that, we're going to go ahead and give you a quick update about our ecosystem. So let's go into that. And so for this month's updates, we're excited to announce that Horizon Eon, our EVM compatible sidechain and smart contracting platform, is now live on our public testnet called Yuma. Hey everyone, we have Rob Viglioni and Jordan Kalinoff from Verizon Labs and Verizon here today, and we are going to be digging more into ZenIP42204, the removal of shielded pools from the Verizon main chain. Uh, so welcome to you both. We're so excited to have you. Erica, thank you very much. I'm, I'm excited to be here. I love the first episode, uh, and I'm very excited to be a guest on the second episode. I'm super happy to be here, and I will um, convey Jordan's disle- displeasure of being the second episode, not the first one. He was hoping to be the first one, and I want to make everyone aware of my debuting this cool t-shirt and co- uh, color in particular. It shows, it really signals that I am hip and um, hip. <laughs> it's very cool. Mm-hmm. Thank you. It's very hip. I appreciate <laughs> that. Yeah, so um, I'm going to go ahead and start getting into your guys' backgrounds. I think that would be a great place for us to start uh, just to kind of introduce you uh, to new community members or to existing community members. Uh, so let's go ahead. Uh, Jordan, why don't you tell us more about yourself and your backgrounds for the Horizon community? Yeah, sure, Erica. So yeah, I'm, I'm obviously uh, a lot newer to the community than you and Rob. Um, but a little bit about myself, um, I grew up here in New York where I'm sitting right now at the Horizon Labs offices um, and went down to uh, D.C. for college and studied international politics. And after I uh, uh, graduated, I moved over to Asia. And I spent several years in China working as a journalist over there. Um, And basically, being over there, um, I became really interested in both economics and political risk. And basically, the combination of how people that live in countries that are developing um, and the institutions that they live under really affect their lives. So I pivoted away from being a journalist, moved into the economic side, and ended up working at J.P. Morgan in Hong Kong for a while. Um, There I worked under uh, an economist who uh, basically really inspired me to, to kind of go deeper into the field, and I went back to graduate school here in New York and studied uh, finance and economics. After that, I uh, worked at a very large um, hedge fund called Elliott Management, where I led up uh, research on political risk, energy, and uh, macro type of issues for them. And that uh, job brought me all over the world um, and uh, allowed me to kind of dig into uh, really interesting and uh, uh, issues that were going around in everywhere from Africa to the Middle East to South America, back to Asia, 
and Europe and, and the United States as well. So did that for quite a few years and then uh, went off and decided to, to go off on my own and try to do uh, deals in various different places. Spent a lot of time working in frontier markets, um, especially around the oil industry. Spent a lot of time in uh, Guyana, uh, which is a, an emerging petro state. And, you know, from that work, I really became passionate about um, what we could do uh, to improve the lives of people that are living under regimes that kind of make their lives miserable. Um, my last job before joining Horizon Labs was at UBS, uh, the Swiss bank. And my job was to focus on uh, existential risks to the bank and run stress tests. And through that, I uh, came across um, a friend of mine introduced me to blockchain technology. And it immediately, you know, lit up in my head my, my, my two areas. One, my current job, which was looking at existential risks to big banks and the fact that this was not really on the radar of, of the senior management at UBS. And this was definitely something they could potentially disrupt um, a lot of their business. And then two, all the work that I've done in emerging markets and frontier markets and how this technology of disintermediating bad intermediaries um, or corrupt intermediaries could really do a lot to change the world. So um, I decided I'm done with finance. I want to get into this field. I want to take this, this uh, technology and evangelize it and spread it so that actually can get out there and change people's lives. I did a bunch of research um, as I was uh, entering into to, uh, the industry and, and uh, came across Horizon. And I liked what Horizon was doing and, and I liked the work that Horizon Labs was doing because I felt that uh, what Horizon had was a ecosystem with the type of technology that will allow this to expand into where blockchain will go in the future. Um, and it wasn't already so heavily locked into being defined as, you know, the NFT chain or the DeFi chain or anything like that. And I really um, especially liked the idea of the privacy factors, which is one of the topics we're talking about today. So I started uh, beginning of last year here um, as a head of strategy, um, and now I'm, I'm the VP of strategy and revenue. And basically, I view it as my goal to figure out how we create a sustainable business with Horizon Labs so that we can spend the next several years getting this technology out there in the world through individuals using Horizon, corporations and other types of enterprises using Horizon, and other institutions and governments using Horizon. Because every single one of those is part of how we interact in our daily lives. And this technology um, needs as many distribution channels as possible to get out there and um, let people have more control and ownership of their, their digital lives and, and uh, less um, tyranny from, from bad centralized actors. So. That's an incredible background and just works so well with Horizon's vision. I love it. Thanks, Erica. Now, Rob, uh, since... We do have a lot of new community members coming in. Why don't you give us a little bit about your background as well? Thank God I get to talk about myself. Okay, <laughs> great. So I, I can't really compare to that story that Jordan gave you about his background. It's kind of ridiculous. Um, but my, my background, um, 
I mean, I was a boring physicist, mathematician, uh, then turned into an Air Force officer working in Space Command on satellites and launch vehicles, then operational intelligence. And then I got into this Bitcoin thing, uh, actually, while I was in Afghanistan for a couple of years. And it just kind of started consuming me. At first, I started uh, just enthusiastically putting on like seminars and teaching people how to set up Bitcoin wallets. Do, you know, do transactions and try to evangelize the importance of this decentralized technology. Back then, I, I don't know if it was just me or I, I like to say like no one could you know, envision the amazing stuff that you could do with this Web3 stuff now. Maybe that's a little bit of an overstatement, but back then I couldn't think of anything other than like cryptocurrency. It was just a currency, better payment system, you know, maybe a store of value is the next story that came along. Uh, and then this Ethereum thing happened and smart contracting came into the industry. And I do have to say, despite being like early advisor on what's today, Aave, like I completely missed DeFi and, you know, these NFTs and things like that, probably should have been there and, and you know, been at the ground floor for a lot of these things. Um, but like I went back to academia, actually. So when I got out of, pivoted from this, uh, you know, military career that I was in, I decided, well, what am I going to do with my life um, at this point? And, you know, why not pursue knowledge, right? And try to generate knowledge for humanity, you know, like these really nice and uh, good virtues, so I went back for my PhD. Uh, it was in uh, yeah, finance. So as I was studying economics, I actually convinced my department to um, allow me, weirdly, not to continue my studies on Bitcoin from an asset pricing perspective. They agreed, I think, at the time because they didn't know what Bitcoin was. Uh, so like, yeah, sure, go ahead. You know, um, so it, you know, years went by, and I actually got my uh, dissertation completed on crypto finance. I was actually hired back as an adjunct professor to teach. Uh, Bitcoin and blockchain applications of finance. And then, you know, lo and behold, while I was wrapping up that that academic career, I, you know, co-founded Zencash, what is today Horizon, uh, with the uh, other co-founder, Rolf Versluce. And uh, really just a community project. The idea at the time was privacy is critical. If, if we are going to create, now I, I keep using this term, I'm kind of testing it out there, uh, you know, uh, in different, different outlets, but the information commons, right? If we are going to get the world to produce its information in public ledgers, which I think is really the next big uh, evolution, if not revolution with this technology, you need strong privacy. So at the time with Zencash in 2017, the idea of strong privacy for us was forking Zcash and starting with this weird cryptographic structure called a SNARK, zero knowledge proof, uh, which at the time we could only do coin transfer privacy with it. Now, and really the topic of this conversation is what are the other things that we can do with it? And with Zenip 42.204, we can go into the conversation of strategically, what does that mean for us as a project? But the idea that we had with, you know, in the early days was let's, let's improve on, you know, like we've got this privacy thing. Now let's look at the economics of these decentralized systems. So with, with Horizon, we started, you know, incentivizing nodes and built the largest node network in the industry. So we can have a very strong 100% of time base layer on our network. Then we started looking to incentives. We have this imperfect contracting problem in economics where, yeah, DAOs are great. By the way, we're going to launch a DAO this year. Uh, but unless you have perfect foresight like God into every single state transition and transaction that will ever happen into perpetuity, you can't pre-program that stuff into a smart contract. So we created a treasury. And the treasury had a foundation, the Zen Blockchain Foundation, that was administering the treasury on behalf of the community, taking inputs from the community. But still, there was a pool capital that could be allocated by human beings, you know, working in collaboration with the community. Uh, and now we're at the stage of the project where 
we have this big interoperability protocol at this live, you know, Zendu, we're networking chains together, we're launching this Ethereum chain, uh, now within Horizon, this VM, Eon, uh, now starting to get all really fun. And now we need to start thinking strategically about what's going to happen. And, like, what's our unique value proposition relative to the rest of the industry? Ethereum's not going away. Bitcoin's not going away. There are a bunch of other really important projects out there as well. Uh, Horizon's going to be one of these important projects in the future of this industry. It's really up to us now to think strategically about where we're going to position the project. And hence, Zenith 42204. Back to you, Erica. Fantastic answer. Um, and leads us perfectly into our first question today, which is, what is Zenip 42204? We know it is the removal of shielded pools from the main chain, but what does that truly mean for the ecosystem? And like on a technical aspect, what does it mean in general? Do you want me to snack that one? Yeah, why don't, why don't you... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Go, go for it, Rob. You wrote a whole uh, Medium post about it. So. <laughs> right. Thank you for plugging my, my brand new blog on it. Uh, guess you check it out. Best blog in the industry. Um, there's like four posts on there <laughs> so far. Okay. Zenip 42.204. It, it's about deprecating the shielded pool on the main chain. Uh, like back to our history, like, like I said, when we launched Zencash, uh, we wanted to explore this idea of privacy on chain. The best tool that we thought existed at the time was uh, the idea of a zero-knowledge proof or a SNARK, the particular you know, construct used there, to provide privacy for coin transactions on chain. At the time, that was really you know, the, the best of the best, and really we wanted to bootstrap the project from there. What it gave, what, what it is really, it, it's like, a, like an on-chain mixer, if you think about it. Like it, It's a shielded pool, it, it's a SNARK circuit, the you know, succinct non-interactive argument of knowledge, it's a type of zero knowledge proof that allows you to pool, you know, UTXOs or unspent transaction outputs, basically transactions. You can pull transactions into a big obscure pool that no one could look into. And then as coins come out of the pool, you don't know which coins they were actually, right? So that's the bottom line. And, and that's what we have. Now, the reality is that's 2016 technology that we have from Zcash. Uh, that intentionally, we weren't focusing on, we weren't improving over time because we were focusing on the other aspects of the projects, like the network layer, you know, scalability protocol with, with Zendu, uh, and just the incentive system that we have you know, as a project. Now we need to come back, and we are coming back and thinking through, okay, we have a lot of experience. We now have a unique value proposition that we're cultivating uh, to be important and different in the industry. Uh, that shielded pool, the 2016 technology that we have, is not unique or different. It's important for certain use cases. It's just those use cases for private transactions are not happening in Horizon. Right? Horizon has not evolved over the years as a privacy coin. We have not competed there intentionally. Yes, we bootstrapped our, our project using that technology, and that was our initial value proposition. But we rallied a community around the idea of privacy, which is really important to us and which is what we're going to talk about what we're doing here. Uh, but it doesn't have to be that particular type of privacy from that particular type of circuit. What we're proposing here is NM42204 is to actually deprecate that one. Deprecate means remove it over time responsibly. We're obviously not going to do it in a way that makes anyone lose money. Um, but it is an old technology, an old circuit. It actually has it has consequences. You know, this is not the reason for removing it, but it, it bloats our, our blockchain, like the database for it. Um, you know, I think like 0.4% of uh, you know, Zen is actually using it. So it's, it's a minority of a minority that are actually making use of it. And now we have the opportunity to do something different and actually steer the project in a unique uh, way. 
what we're proposing here now, strictly, the, the Zen F is strictly to deprecate this and then we can think about what to do next. This is not replacing it with anything in particular. This is just starting the conversation and, and taking the first step. Now, the final thing here, like one of the motivations, we've been getting uh, a bunch of concerned community members reaching out in, in our channels. For me, I'm on Discord uh, every day, guys. So if you want to chat about any of this stuff, that's where to find me is on Discord and you know, community members on Discord for a while now really over the last year have been hammering on uh, regulators are coming after this type of technology. Like regulators are doing it. You're seeing like the UAE just outlawed privacy coins. The EU, like the, the European Union, entire continent of some of the richest countries in the world is now talking about outlawing privacy coins. Our community knows it. They're not stupid. They're paying attention to what's going on out there. The US is cracking down quite a bit on this industry. So what we're trying to do is to get ahead of that and to say like, no one's using this feature right now. Let's kill it responsibly as is. And then let's actually take stock of where we are and the capabilities of what we have, like an amazing cryptography team, it revector our project to actually have a unique value prop that won't get us slammed by regulators. Long-winded answer, but uh, that, yeah, well, that's kind of the, the heritage of it. Just to add on to that too, and, and to make it very clear, like this is not a step away from privacy. The original problem that Horizon was founded to, to try to solve was the, the issue of privacy and confidentiality on, on blockchains. And that is not going away. That is, that is something that, you know, I think Horizon wants to claim as a problem that we are going to solve in this industry. Um, and, you know, there's various different other problems that are holding back the industry um, from having and the technology from widespread adoption. But one clearly is the fact that a lot of use cases require some level of confidentiality or some level of privacy. And the way that, that the Shielded Pool um, uh, approaches it is a heavy-handed way to approach it and an older technology. And to Rob's point, you know, we have a whole team at Horizon Labs of really high-end PhD zero-knowledge cryptographers that are thinking of new and innovative ways to solve this problem that will not be an, a, a situation where uh, Europe or the UAE or Korea can say, this is illegal or this is only being used by nefarious actors to do bad things. You know, instead, we want to kind of take, you know, we identify the right problem and we want to get the right solution to turn this narrative of privacy being a negative thing on its head and turn it into a positive thing. This is this is potentially one of those things that will lead to a broadband moment in this industry and open a thousand new use cases. And that's what we're really excited about. And deprecating uh, uh, the shielded pool is the first step. The second step is what we're working on internally to, to bring the privacy solution uh, um, to the next level too. Can, can I chime in again? Eric, I, I know I'm just like, jumping the queue here. But, 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 like, I, I'd say like, whenever it comes to any of these conversations, whether it's what type of algorithm we use for consensus or what, what type of you know, technology we use for privacy or whatever, you know, like technology is meant to serve a purpose. And what's the purpose for us? Like to me, the purpose is the same as when I was still that young, very uh, athletic guy in Afghanistan, uh, you know, preaching about decentralizing the world, right? Like th that's why I'm here, that's why I've been here, and that's why I, what I think we're doing at Horizon, at least that, that's been like my particular mission, you know, in, in this project. Uh, privacy is 
like one of the main vehicles to do that. Privacy is absolutely essential. It can't be done without privacy. But when we think about a particular type of privacy feature, uh, thinking about it out of context and just say like, I love privacy, therefore you must, you must have this particular type of snark circuit. Uh, it doesn't, you know, I, that, that's not the point of it. Right? So I, I think Jordan's point is a really good one. Like we're, we're continuing on the same mission. We're, we're extending that, but I think now we have a much more sophisticated toolkit to do it. And we're thinking strategically about how we're going to actually get out there to the mass market to make this stuff happen. I had uh, just a, a small follow-up question based off something you had said, Rob. You said that nobody is using these uh, shielded transactions. Do you know, like, approximately what the percentage of transactions that uses them is? So here's the, the rub. If anyone's doing transaction analysis on, on our chain is, uh, we have a node tracking system. If you want to run a secure super node, you have to qualify by uh, posting Zen and you're declaring Zen in a particular wallet. And by actually proving that you are running a full copy of the chain right now, in order to prove you're running a full copy of the chain, we force you to do a shielded transaction at randomized intervals, right? So you can't game that system. Uh, so I'll, a flood of you know, tr shielded transactions that happen on our chain are strictly mechanical based on responding to the, the node tracking system. So within this, we need to think about what's the real demand of this particular feature. And like the best number that I can come up with is, 0.4% of the Zen supply is actually in the shielded pool. And I bet you between myself and some other friends of mine, we probably know like, who, who the 0.4% are, right? Like, so we know for sure that there's not a massive demand for this particular feature because, you know, like we can just look at the stats and like most Zen is not in there. Now, there was some fair, fair uh, commentary on Discord actually, where one of the community members was arguing like, you can't use, you shouldn't use that as an argument for deprecating it. Because all of these years, you have not been positioning Zen as a competitive privacy coin. So you don't know what the real demand would be had you been positioning this as a competitive privacy coin. Fair point. We haven't. But that's also to our point now is like that hasn't been the, the core of our project. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Um, so when you speak of the core of this project, could you maybe go a little deeper into what kind of impact Zenib 42204 could have on the ecosystem? I mean, I, I, I'm sure we both have opinions on it. Who did? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll take it to begin with, and I'll pass it on yeah, to you, Rob. Yeah. To, to, so, you know, I, I think that um, what Rob just said uh, is something I want to kind of climb onto a little bit about this idea of not marketing uh, Horizon as a privacy coin. Well, why are we launching Eon? Why are we building out this broader ecosystem? Because we don't want to define ourselves by a coin. We want to define ourselves by a community and an ecosystem. And this problem, too, that we're talking about today, which is how do you bring some level of confidentiality or privacy to certain use cases that make sense to do so in blockchain? I mean, putting our flag in this and, and saying that this is what will define uh, at least a, a large part of Horizon's long-term strategy is important, and it's important for us to talk about in, in, in public forums like this because it's not only Horizon Labs who builds on Horizon. And ideally, we want thousands of developers coming here and doing it, and we want to, you know, shout from the rooftops, if you think this is a problem that needs to be solved, and you think this is something that will unlock adoption of uh, Web3 and blockchain, 
widespread throughout the world, come build with us. And, you know, this is a great community. We have, you know, a ton of people on Discord. We have great, uh, you know, uh, marketing managers like, like you, Erica, who are, who are helping to drive this forward. And um, you have like-minded people that view this as one of the key problems that needs to be solved in this industry. Getting uh, or deprecating um, uh, the shielded pool, I think, is actually um, almost a catalyst for us to quickly come up with additional um, solutions that, that might be better than a shielded pool for delivering this. And on Horizon Labs' end, this is a very, very high priority for us. Um, my hope is that, you know, the more people that kind of hear about this, um, this will be a high priority for a whole bunch of other uh, uh, devs and, and builders that want to come on and build on Horizon and, and try to make, make Horizon a place that solves this problem. Well, I have a few points to add. Um, so one, I, I, I think, so to, to what Jordan was saying, like the way we look at this is we want to catalyze an ecosystem. It's not that we want to deliver all of the best features and applications that the world is going to want to use. No, so we're focusing on actually the, the base layer stuff. We focused on having a massive network. We have 45,000 nodes. We focus on the interoperability protocol so we can network blockchains together. Then we launched a tokenization platform to prove you with an SDK so you can have one type of blockchain, a UTXO-based blockchain. Now we're doing the really big important one, which is an Ethereum you know, type of blockchain, an EVM, EON. Um, and that's a smart contracting platform that actually speaks the same language as the rest of the Web3 industry right now, which is the Ethereum standard, right? So what we've been focusing on are the standards, the base layers, the things that are foundational to a platform so that others can come in and actually build things that they want to be, you know, that they believe have value out there to growing out, you know, this decentralized world that we're trying to bring about. Now, like the way I look at, you know, having a privacy coin at the, the base layer, right? I look at a privacy coin as like, a, like an application and the furthermore, like my second point is, I get really annoyed. I've been in this industry for a while, for better or worse. I think sometimes for the worse because it gets me stuck in my ways. But I've seen way too much tribalism. In fact, like part of like our value prop for Horizon or Zencash back then when we launched was we were like the nice community, a nice little community of people that actually like get along with each other. And culture matters. In the long run, I think culture matters a lot. Like to Horizon, now Horizon Labs, it's a company. I realize that culture is one of our biggest competitive advantages. And like, I don't look at this industry as like a winner take all. I think that's the wrong way to look at it. The way I look at it is, I mean, what we're doing strategically now is we survey the industry. You've got a great cryptocurrency, you know, reserve currency, store of value in Bitcoin. You've got a fantastic world computer, smart con first smart contracting platform in the world with Ethereum and a ton of value that's being created there. And you've got other ecosystems that popped up, whether they're an NFT ecosystem, a DeFi ecosystem, and you're seeing some ecosystems that specialize in certain things, we look at the world of how do we fit in there and how do we add value? Now, how do we cannibalize? Now, how do we put the other guys down and figure out like how we're going to overcome them and destroy them? We look at like where does this industry need to go? How are we going to collectively decentralize the world together? Right? And then where do we fit in? Like, how do we catalyze that then? This is how we're thinking about this particular problem and, and how we think that Zen F42204 unlocks that value is because it strips something at our like L0 level that just shouldn't be in an L0. It should be something at the L1. It should be in applications. And that's where probably you're going to see a lot of privacy technology. And now where we're going next is there's probably some foundational privacy stuff that we're going to layer into 
you know, our, our systems. And that's going to be around this selective confidentiality and really just getting people to like flood um, you know, these public networks with information because information is the 21st century version of oil. And like, this is that really important thing in the world of AI. Information really is value. And every single human being with every single thing that we do, every action we take, the time we wake up to when and where we walk around our neighborhood to what and how much we drink, you know, in terms of like coffee or tea. All of this stuff has value. I mean, we're generating this value all day, every day. And to the, the extent that we can you know, pull this information and then actually think about information as something that's composable, like smart contracts and available to the world, this is what unlocks, I think, that next huge gap up in value creation for the world. And I think this comes by decentralizing many of the things that like we have come to know and love in the Web2 world. And that's why we're here. That, that's at least why... I've been here and I think that where privacy fits in is to enable this stuff. And this is what we're doing. So what we're doing now is we're shifting around like our technology in a way that we think is just optimized and makes sense for that future. Now that makes perfect sense and actually did a really good job of answering the next question. Uh, a lot of people have mentioned that they would be interesting to see a privacy focused side chain. Is that something that you think we may see one day in the future? I mean, you know, to, to what I was saying before, I, I sure hope so, right? Um, you know, what I would love to see is every developer who is interested in trying to solve this problem um, that needs to be solved in this industry in terms of bringing privacy and confidentiality in the right way to, to um, blockchain, I want them building on Horizon, and I want Horizon Labs to be helping them. Uh, so I would say, hey, if you're listening to this and you're a dev who's dreaming up some sort of solution to build a, a sidechain off of Horizon that is going to, to attack this problem, let's talk. You know, I, I, I think we, we would be more than happy to support that. And on our end, we are absolutely looking at um, technologies that we can deploy on sidechains um, as, you know, applications on top of, of, of EVMs and things like that that um, might be able to, to, to solve this problem as well. So um, that's, that's my view on it. Rob, I don't know if you have anything to add on that. No, it's perfect. Very well said. So, I mean, the answer is yes, of course. Like, people could deploy a privacy sidechain, absolutely. Fantastic. Uh, so in terms of development, I know it's not a focus for Horizon Labs and wouldn't have to be done through Horizon Labs. Um, but do you know about how long it would take to potentially develop such a sidechain? I should speak for Zane, right? Our CTO. Uh, and <laughs> it's immediate. It's so fast. Uh, like it, it's probably not fast and, and I mean, it's probably not uh, super easy and, and neither is it super hard at this point. So I, I think one thing that our team's been getting much better at is actually productizing our SDK. It's not a product yet, uh, but it is going to be one of the flagship products of Horizon Labs. And, you know, there's some uh, aspect of uh, what it, what's the word for like doing good for the world or philanthropy around, uh, you know, providing tools in the open source world, but also like pragmatic business sense of we want to deploy a lot of different blockchains because as a company, we're going to be you know, deploying different tools that businesses and different devs can choose to run with their, their chains. So anyway, we're, we've been focusing on making RSDK more usable for sure. It's not exactly there yet, um, but like we have like private... The shielded pool is a defined circuit, and there are upgraded ones that Zcash has been deploying already uh, over the years. So 
those could be incorporated with our SDK that you know, automatically you know integrates the CCTP or cross chain transfer protocol. Um, so I don't I don't want to you know guesstimate here timelines, but I mean we can spin up. I think we could spin up with our SDK now a chain in like a matter of weeks. Um, but for another dev team, you know, obviously that doesn't have expertise with that and would have to integrate in a circuit. We're probably looking at like an MVP to test net on order of months. And then, you know, depending on your testing frameworks and stuff, you know, certainly within a year, but for like a large engineering project and launching a blockchain, um, you know, for months to a year is probably a reasonable time frame. Yeah. And also just to add to that, you know, from the Horizon Labs perspective, we're not working on, on building a, a shielded pool sidechain, but we are working on building other types of privacy and confidentiality solutions into a sidechain. And I think that you'll hear a lot more about that over this year. Um, it really is something that we're very, very focused on. And the way that I like to think about it and I approach it is less from the technology side and more on the side of what does this technology unlock, right? And we, you know, especially on my team here at Horizon Labs, we spend a lot of time, you know, speaking with companies, with governments, with institutions, and trying to understand how this technology will end up integrating itself into their tech stacks. And from that, we're able to, it's pretty fun, we invent things, right? Like things that haven't existed and use cases that haven't existed. And over and over and over again, we find that there is a need for a more nuanced privacy solution or confidentiality solution. And because of that, that's informing our own internal product roadmap at Horizon Labs to be focused on this. So, you know, stay tuned is all I'll say. We are definitely going to be, be um, putting out a lot more on that uh, going forward. Major FOMO there. Love it. Um, so I know that uh, there is also another Zen if that uh, suggests uh, this switch to a DAO for Horizon. Um, do you believe that if the DAO goes through and people were to vote for a privacy sidechain, um, that maybe HL would then uh, be able to take on that privacy sidechain? I mean, it, it, it's doable, but I mean, there, there's a couple of things against it. First of all, it like has to fit into our you know, product roadmap because we're building a lot of things for Horizon right now. And would this be something that we think actually... Like if it were to pass a DAO vote, okay, this is at least an indicator that there's like demand there. So obviously, yes, it, it, we, we certainly take it seriously. How would it fit into the other things that we're doing that we're trying to build out like these foundational elements? Uh, and then also, would you think now in the like Horizon Labs is a U.S. regulated company? It's a U.S. company, right? It's a Delaware C Corp. Right? So we we are very much subject to you know the rules and regulations of the United States. Uh, and if there is a crackdown on such technology, then we're probably not going to be the ones deploying, right? So we're always going to be complying with U.S. regulations and laws. Um, now, that said, like the DAO can vote on these things. And like what that would mean in practice is um, some technology provider would be able to win a proposal to win funding from the community treasury to be able to execute on it. Whether that's Horizon Labs or whether that's some other you know, community participant is TBD, but it's certainly possible. And like my final point is, I think we need to get away from this view of like, there's a core team, there's Horizon Labs, and these are the only people that could do things in Horizon. This is specifically why we're launching an EVM chain, because specifically we want to speak the rest of the same language as the rest of the industry so that floods of developers can come in. Like we, we have 
a healthy ecosystem right now, but it's small. Uh, and unfortunately, like I would say the ecosystem has been too reliant on a handful of technology providers to, to you know, deliver technology. Uh, and I want to open that up. I, I think we need to get away from this, this idea that there's like one or two or three companies that can actually deliver stuff here and really open it up to like global uh, positioning for proposals. I mean, it is open right now. It's just that it, it's a crowded industry. And I think that now by getting into the Ethereum standard, there's going to be a lot of other developers that now have the opportunity to come in and build. Yeah, and just, just to add on to that, like how that process would look like internally, right? You know, to, to Rob's point, we are not the default company that builds everything um, that the Horizon community wants. We are probably the biggest builder within the Horizon community. But the way that we make decisions on Horizon Labs is, you know, we have a limited amount of resources as a, a for-profit company. And where do we think that we can deploy those resources to reach our goals um, on, uh, on Horizon Labs? One of the decisions we've made on, in terms of strategy is we're best off building in Horizon. You know, we, we are not going to be uh, deploying massive amounts of resources to build, you know, highly complex things in uh, Ethereum or another ecosystem, right? We are, uh, we believe that Horizon and the platform that and ecosystem that Horizon has is best suited for, for us to succeed. But that being said, you know, looking at something to, to Rob's point of, of building a side chain with a shielded pool, my guess is when we went through our strategy process, um, we would say our resources are better focused on coming up with the next generation of privacy solution as opposed to spending our time and our resources building what has already been built and that we think is, is going to eventually be viewed as old technology with it. Okay, no, no, that's awesome um, and makes perfect sense. Uh, I would say that's almost more of like a, a decentralized development kind of point of view, which I really like um, and is really uh, what benefits the growth of the Verizon ecosystem more than anything. Yeah, I, I think sometimes yeah, we just have to make trade-offs where maybe we could do something quick and better than other people right now because we know this system better. But in the long run, we're much healthier if we actually focus on building the ecosystem. Yeah, the last thing I'll say with that is, look, if somebody out, out there wants to do this and wants to propose it, we're happy to help. You know, the, we, we want to be as good a citizen in this community as we can be. So, um, you know, go in and reach out and we'll give you our experience of being a builder on Horizon and, and, and the tricks of the trade that we've learned from that so that uh, we can make it more efficient and a better experience for, for all developers that want to build on Horizon. Okay, that's fantastic. Um, so I know that there has been a couple of questions about Horizon's mission and focus, which I think was addressed really well by John Comardo in episode one uh, about Horizon Ecosystem Vision 2.0. Oh. man. <laughs> sorry, Jordan's still upset. I'm so sorry that it wasn't focused on you, Rob. Um, if I could do it over, I would. As long as we're the uh, most frequent guests, I think it'll make up for it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but do you see um, any like real fit with Zen IP uh, four two two zero four and the ecosystem vision two point Absolutely, but but Jordan, so we we had a strategy conversation yesterday, and actually Jordan brought in like two, kind of the intersection of two really important points. So. 
for once, I'm not going to try to steal the spotlight here. And yeah, you know, I, I think it'd be great if you explain that, Jordan. Yeah, sure. So look, I, I think there's there's two really unique parts to what Horizon is looking, uh, Horizon Labs is looking to build and help Horizon become, which is um, the idea of creating a new technology uh, for confidentiality and privacy that works in terms of the real world, right? I mean, there's no way around it. Um, there are some serious problems with uh, a shielded pool in terms of complying with laws around the world, which means that it will close off our community to a lot of people that might want to join it, right? Um, you know, users as well as institutions and enterprises and government uh, um, use cases, right? So on the one hand, I think where we're going forward is to come up with a more usable solution that doesn't exist currently in the industry that allows for things to be confidential, that should be confidential to the people they should be confidential to, and not confidential to the people that should be able to see them, right? The other is the idea that we have these ability to spin up side chains that can communicate with each other, right? And when you put those two ideas together, it's pretty revolutionary, right? The ability for different parties to have a blockchain that can communicate with a public blockchain um, and communicate the things that they want to communicate without communicating the things that they don't want to communicate. Once you have that, that opens up massive new use cases. It, it, it really can super drive things like supply chain on, on blockchain. It can do things uh, in terms of governments, right? Like governments can't expose their citizens' data to everybody in the world, but we know for a fact that blockchain technology could ease tons of problems around the world if used correctly, making you know elections more fair, making land registries more immutable, um, allowing for you know developing countries and frontier markets to be more of a, a sure thing for uh, international development to come in and and uh, put in funds and change people's lives. It also will allow people to um, uh, be able to uh, transact um, much more easily on the internet and allow people who might not trust um, that their government is a good steward of their net worth to be able to have another option and be able to, to enter a worldwide economy as opposed to a very narrow local economy. A lot of those things are not possible if everything is purely transparent and if everything is purely private and if everything is a monolith. And I think that's what's really cool about Horizon and where we're going with this is we are going to bring that idea of making things practical, right? How, how, if you start with what needs to happen in terms of getting this out in the real world and changing people's lives, and then you make the technology fit that, that's really the right approach. Um, not building technology for technology's sake, in, in my mind. So I, Rob, I don't know if, if that kind of captured what I was uh, uh, proposing yesterday, but um, it, it does. And just to, to quickly summarize it, like I, I, I really, I love how you put that together because, like, you also included the potential of where this this uh, technology and hopefully the industry goes. Like, this is why again I'm here, um, foot stomping it to decentralize the world. Right? Maybe not all of it. Um, good chunks of it, yes. Some absolutely disrupting. Um, some parts will probably stay the same. Uh, but the sleeping giant that I think we're sitting on here with Horizon is. The idea of now we have the sophistication, the resources, the capital 
to invest and develop unique technology around selective confidentiality, which is critical to creating this information commons. Number two, to actually get adoption is the flexibility of what our interoperability protocol brings to the market where we can network blockchains together, right? So instead of having a single monolithic blockchain that, you know, like the one chain to rule them all concept of any maxi from any particular tribe in crypto. No, it's the idea of actually networking these things together that's going to matter over time because we're creating a new internet. That's, to me, the point of Web3. It's not to have one particular blockchain to rule them all. We have both here. We have two critical ingredients that, you know, the... the sophisticated privacy cryptographic technology we have with the selective confidentiality and the ability to network a lot of different chains together. And why would you want to network different chains together and not just build it all in one? Well, think about the examples that, I mean, even some BD examples of like when we talk to like fintech companies in Africa and the fintech company works with, you know, 12 different countries or different institutions of 12 different countries, each country has their own political jurisdiction and therefore needs their own infrastructure, right? Well, what we have now with our technology is you can have blockchain infrastructure for each of these jurisdictions and network them together. So you can have, again, the kind of agglomeration of like liquidity pools, creative con or the information commons, right? Like this changes things and this really could change the world. And I think what we have, again, like that sleeping giant opportunity is we bring these two things together. And now, finally, after like five years of, of being around and being around the block and, you know, making some good decisions, making some poor decisions, learning from them and getting to where we are now. We just have a fantastic team. We have the resources. And I think now we have the vision, the strategy to actually bring this stuff to market in a meaningful way. Is that a pretty good sales pitch? And you guys are motivated, right? It, yeah, I, I, absolutely. Right. So and, and look, I mean, okay. the way this happens in, in practical terms within Horizon Labs is we spend hours and hours and hours researching things, right? We know what's going on with all the other ecosystems there, what kind of technologies they're using. We're, you know... And we didn't. But this is a great point, Jordan. So, like, yeah. if I want to, like, retro myself or our team from years ago, we had, like, when we launched, we had, like, a handful of, you know, like, enthusiastic community members that were coming together and building this thing. And then we built a research team, and we were really just focused on our particular research in zero-knowledge cryptography, uh, now, finally, like, we have the team, the sophisticated group to actually, and like the, you know, the experience to realize we need to look outward. We need to know what's going on out there, not to follow everyone, right? And we'll follow what makes sense, when and where it makes sense, but it helps us actually cultivate our own strategy and innovate where it matters. So yeah, sorry to cut you off there, but it's no, such no, a good no. point. It, exactly. And, and to be innovative, not only for ourselves, although, you know, obviously being innovative and being the first to, to, a technology is definitely a benefit, but being innovative so that we can move this industry forward. You know, there is no point in taking the, you know, 90 plus employees of Horizon Labs and focusing all of them on a problem that other people are solving right now in a very, very good way. We want to focus them on something that's not being solved and that we can push the industry forward and really offer something because whether it's us whether it's, you know, uh, uh, people at Ethereum or Polygon or Avalanche or any of these other uh, really thriving ecosystems, we all have the same goal. We all got into this for the same reason. We think that this technology really has, uh, you know, a, a way that it can improve people's lives. And on my end, I, I really think that, that it, it will, especially for people that, that have it toughest in the world. So, you know, anything we can do to inch that forward is, is really going to be... Um, uh, 
you know, it'll take time, but it's really going to have a dramatic effect on the world, I think. Okay. Um, so we just have this one last question. Um, I wanted to see if there was anything either of you wanted to add about this, Zenic, before we uh, say goodbye for the rest of the podcast. Well, why don't I go first so that Rob can, can have the last words um, uh, at the at the always demands at, at meetings, right? Um, no, 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 no. You, you, you <laughs> no, volunteer. <laughs> then you volunteer. <laughs> um, but no, you know, I, I think the point that I want to make with it is just to reiterate what we've been reiterating uh, over and over in, in the podcast, this is not a pivot away from us trying to tackle the problem that Horizon was founded on. In fact, this is the next stage that will lead us to the better solution for it, and that solution is going to, to do a lot of good in the world. And I'm hoping that anybody who happens to be listening to this that also thinks this is something that needs to be tackled and feels like they can add anything to it, join the Horizon community, come build with us. Uh, we can do this together and we can really make a, a big difference both in the industry and potentially the world eventually. So, You know, I'm going to demonstrate faux humility here and say that was perfectly stated. I, I think we should end at that, honestly, and make sure you capture that in the, in the recording. Fair enough. <laughs> no, I, I'm saying like, it's Jordan, Jordan's point is really, really spot on. So I, I really don't have anything else to add to it. I, I think this is just an important you know, move forward for us as a project. Okay, great. Uh, so, well, for next steps for the Zen If, uh, we will be releasing a blog shortly about next steps. Uh, so go ahead and wait for that. We'll be sharing it on all of our socials. And for next steps, uh, we will be sharing the voting information in the blog that we just released. So go ahead, head to our blog site and check it out. Sorry, I had to do that twice for, for you guys. Um, but I'll go ahead and do our outro now and just cut that part out um, for the explanation. Okay, sure well, thank you both. To the community, so. Well, thank you both so, so much for joining us and giving us more information about this. And if I hope uh, it helped the community uh, learn a bit more about what it truly means. Erica, thanks for having me on. And, you know, I, as I said in the beginning, I'm, I'm new to the community-ish, um, I mean, about a, about a year or so. Uh, this was a great opportunity for me to kind of introduce myself. Um, and please invite me on as much as you want, because uh, I love communicating what we're doing at Horizon Labs, and this stuff's exciting. So um, thanks again, and, and great question. Can we call this episode one? Like, why does John get episode one? Anyway, I'll drop it. <laughs> I know, it. I, I agree I'll, I'll call it one point five. on that round. So. <laughs> well, thank you both so much. Thanks, Erica. Thanks. Thank you for joining us on Beyond the Horizon. Stay tuned for more exciting episodes as we continue to discover the limitless potential of the Horizon ecosystem. If you liked this episode, make sure to subscribe and leave a thumbs up. Thank you, and we'll see you again next time.